Hello, welcome to Vulnerable Voices. Remember, Vulnerable Voices is a weekly podcast hosted by DJA from Dallas, Texas, and Doc Miller from Albany, New York. Two leaders in education coming together every Wednesday for an entertaining podcast that will engage you in uncensored, uncut, hilarious, transparent conversation. This podcast is for real leaders like you. If you're experiencing real issues on this leadership journey, please remember to check out Vulnerable Voices every Wednesday on iTunes and YouTube. And so today we're going to be discussing the topic, It's Lonely at the Top, Being a Leader during this crisis. Um, and we're, we're going to start just with, with an interesting quote that we came across in an article um, published by Accenture in January 2020. And, and the quote says this, this is the decade to deliver. A new model model for responsible leadership can help address the world's most pressing problems in ways that unleash new waves of growth that are more sustainable and equitable. So three points we want to dig into today is with the social, economic, and environmental challenges that are going on in 2020, we must be responsible leaders and have a new leadership approach. Also, as organizations, we have to rely on a broader range of leadership skills. And finally, there is definitely a need for mastering a mission and a purpose, technology and innovation. And most importantly, including all of our stakeholders as we continue through this leadership journey. Um, so, Paul, let's go ahead and dig right in. What What is your thought about that quote? So you just said all that, and I'm sitting here thinking about I got a desk to put together when they're done. <laughs> so I got this, so not to get off topic, but my son's birthday, and he, he's oh. And so we got him a, a, a got him a desk and got him a gaming computer. And so I'm sitting here thinking as you're getting the quote, instead of thinking about the quote, I'm thinking about, I am so not good at putting stuff together. Um, I need some help. I need some assistance. Luckily, my sister is going to be here to help me because, Lord Jesus, I'm going to have the desk falling apart. But, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> so, But that's a valid point, right? So your sister has stepped mm-hmm. up to take the lead in this journey and you're okay with stepping to the side even though she's a female like i like that mom absolutely stepping to the side and admitting that she can put the desk together probably better than you can alone because i think anybody (laughs) anybody could put it better than i could um but but yes i would agree with all that and i think as as a leader um you have to be able to know when it's time to lead and when to step to the side. And also, you got to know that in today's days and times, uh, that a different approach might be necessary. So the same approach might not always work. So my approach, even to 
may have been, um, you know what, I'm going to put my head down and put everything out on the floor and just start doing it. I'm going to mess it up. But instead, I got to ask for help. <laughs> I got to ask Absolutely. for help. And I need someone to help me and support me through it and even maybe take the lead and I support them because they might be better at something than I am. And so sometimes it's around, it's not, you don't always, as a leader, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want people around me who are, are smarter. I want people around me who have different talents and different strengths and utilize those strengths and talents and be okay with that because it's not about me it's about accomplishing the mission absolutely so, absolutely so i came back you, to your question. you got it i, That's, I love I it back. i love it I came back to so let, let's talk about how do you do that how do you um become or incorporate a new leadership approach and i would say the first thing to do is you're really gonna have to look at the facts you're gonna have to look at truly the, the data the numbers the what is true so like you you just said you know um, in your analogy with the desk so what is true is previous experience has shown me that this is not my forte so now I need to make a decision based on that particular data point and that would mean I need to find some assistance because the skill is not there with that particular individual and that's the first step um, to this new leadership approach yeah and then I think the second would be is how can we be innovative and creative so, uh, you know, how can we take this data and now how do we how, how do we try something different? How do we become creative? And so um, that innovation is key. So doing the same stale thing, you're going to get the same stale results. So, you, you know, you got to be willing to try. But with trying all that innovative and creative, you have to build trust first. So trust is always the, the, the greatest common factor in all relationships, especially with leadership. And I'm going to always go back to Kuzas and Posner's research, um, the Leadership Challenge, and they, which they put out a new version of almost all the time, and I've said this before, but they, in every version they put out, and they've been doing it for 30-something years, it's always honesty and trust as the first thing that people look for in a leader. And so it's building that trust. Um, like even with this situation, I'm going to trust that she's going to come in and help me, <laughs> and she's able to do it. And that trust is what uh, is building the foundation of us going to be able to put together. I'll send you a picture when it's done. <laughs> Please do. We're going to post it. <laughs> okay. Very, very good. And then you let us know who really did the work. Oh, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's go to the next point, Paul. Um, organizations being sustainable and equitable, right? And really incorporating multiple leadership skills. A lot of times I think you find um, in organizations, you don't find a lot of different people being able to do 
different things and they are the gurus of that particular um, constant that they're serving for that particular organization. And one of the fundamental leadership styles that I love and I have adapted for myself is the transformational leadership model, right? Um, Goddard has done Uh great work on that. And, you know, the, the very first piece of that is idealized influence. And so as a leader, in order to transform and go in a different direction, you have to be able to influence the people that you lead. Um, A lot of times you find people who are in a leadership position, but not too many people are willing to follow them. And so that becomes an issue. So figuring out how to have an influence for the people that you're leading. Um, But also the second tenet is inspirational motivation. You know, you have to be able to motivate others to commit to, like you said, the mission and the vision of that particular organization. How do you get people to commit to the same vision and go in the same direction, right? So, so, so let me ask you this then. So, like, how do you do it? What does it look like? like to me but um because it's easy to say oh you know you got to get people to believe you You got to be both other people who are listening out there that are going to nod their head and say yeah yeah sure but then do do just the opposite and so i've seen leaders and who talk it but don't walk it and so for me uh the way you get people to model in the way and so and by doing it with moral authority and competence. So again, you model the way. My thing is, I'm not going to ask people to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Or if I, I will plunge the toilet. If I have to, uh, you know, if I had to take over a class, I don't mind taking over a class. If I have to um, go out and meet with uh, a, a financial institution, I'm going to do that. But at the end of the day, you don't ask people things that you're not willing to do and people have to believe that you're willing to do those things. So then it causes them to believe that they can do them too. For sure. And so that's, that's just my quick thought. On it. I don't know if you have a different take on that. No, absolutely. I think you're right. I think um, good leaders have to model. And I think that's part of the influence piece. So when, when you model as a leader, A lot of people don't understand that's how you build influence. And you cannot get people to follow you if you don't have great influence. The beauty in a title, and I, you know, have this, that's a whole different conversation about titles, but the title of a person as an authority figure, you know, a superintendent, a principal, etc. That title alone comes from influence, comes with influence. And so people are watching what you are doing as the leader, like you're saying in this modeling phase, to see if 
we should accept the influence that you carry as a leader. And so, like right. you're saying, you have to be very intentional on modeling leadership behaviors, but then also intellectual um, stimulation. People have to believe that you know what you're talking about. The worst thing a leader can do is nothing, right? And and from what you do and what you say, people, one, believe in you, or people, two, think you are fraud and you're, you're not authentic, and then they do not follow, and you cannot create productive teams. There is no innovation because they don't believe that the leader even has what it takes on an intellectual level to promote this this organization. Right. And I think, um, you know, again, it comes down where they trust you, but sometimes you have to earn that trust. It just doesn't automatically come. So that trust comes from proving yourself, especially when there's difficult decisions that need to be made, or even from if you look at let's let's talk about instruction you know often there's times where uh teachers, you know it's kind of where you don't believe your parents um used to uh, be your age right well mm-hmm. teachers don't always believe that the leaders used to be teachers or that they or they forgot or they don't know what they're doing or they were just this type of, right but this type of teacher whether it's an art music Sometimes English, math, and science teachers goes up to those, but it's about the process of teaching. So sometimes you got to roll up your sleeves and say whether you're showing them during professional developments or you're showing them during um, during uh, classrooms that I could teach just as good of you as you, if not better. Um, so here's why I'm telling you what I'm telling you is because I know what I'm talking about, right. and it's about earning like your street cred. Absolutely. And and that's essential because if they don't, if you don't have the street cred, you can forget it. You can forget it. People are not going to follow you. They're going to give you pushback like crazy. But the final point is it has to be individualized consideration. The reality is you cannot treat all of your employees the same, right? So mm-hmm. based on what their individual needs are based on what they are personally going through. As a leader, it's your duty and responsibility to consider that before you implement a decision. And it, when you incorporate those four tenets, you have transformation and it's a beautiful thing. And then the leader gets to a point where they can step back because the team is guiding the way and that's true leadership well, i definitely agree with you and i think there's you know, some theories behind that um the different theories there's um x and there's theory y and when it comes to uh leadership and 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 working in organizations so theory x that the major tenets of theory x is the average human being has an inherent dislike of work and will avoid it So that's like talking about your employees, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it also states that because of their dislike, most will have to be controlled and threatened to work hard. Um, Because, and then average humans want to be direct. Dislike, responsibility, and security is their biggest priority. And so when you think about Theory X, 
you think about le- leaders who lead from that theory X perspective and uh, would rather be feared uh, than anything else would rather be uh, would have these these protocols that are designed to make sure that people adhere to these uh, responsibilities but making them threatening at the end of the day and making their biggest priority is if you want to be secure you're going to do what I say you're going to do then there's theory why and theory why is a little bit different type of what that says if the job is satisfied then the results will be the uh, commitment to the organization the average person learns under proper conditions not only to accept but to seek responsibility and imagination and activity and ingenuity can be used to solve problems by large numbers of employees so these are these these theories um, kind of just different styles of leadership right so the two different styles of leadership um, and what I would like to say is there's going to be two different outcomes based on how you love your employees and how you care about your organization um, and, and what does that care and love look like uh, you Uh, would you say that there's a huge difference or would there be a huge difference from outcomes based on theory X and theory Y or do you think you can get good results with either theory and why? Great question. Um, And I think you do, you may get different results, um, but thinking that the theory X and the theory Y concept reminds me of transactional versus transformational, right? And so under transactional leadership is just like you're saying, um, you kind of put things in place and you, you, the employees, you, you do it um, because you may be afraid to do it. You, you don't have any other options, um, but you, you do it. And sometimes those environments turn into um, cultures of authoritativeness, right? It's, it's just the leader taking over everything. But when I think about school turnaround, Paul, transactional leadership, that theory X leader, that form of leadership is needed in a year one turnaround situation. Then you move into more of a transformational or a theory Y. Um, so I think both you know, even when you, you think about the theory X, it kind of, it has a negative connotation, but I do still think that there is a place for it depending on um, what the environment is that you're stepping into in order to transform or promote change. Absolutely. And, you know, when I think about this, I think about this in, um, I was reading a book called The Six Secrets of Change by Michael Mm -hmm. Fullen. And so they call companies that, that do this well, FOEs, firms of endearment. So, um, and the companies that do it well are typically the most successful companies. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a list of about 28 of the top highs. I won't go through all of them, but Amazon is one. Google is another. Um, Wegmans from my hometown, Rochester, New York. You know, sure. we got Wegmans on the list. Um, Costco, Ikea, JetBlue, Timberland, Southwest, Starbucks, uh, CarMax, and there's there's a few more as well. But 
they're saying that these are, these firms are firms that are creative, they're innovative, they build trust, they put their employees first, they're loyal to their employees, they give this new style of transformational leadership, and their employees are happy, so therefore they have greater results. They have more success because their people are happy. And that has to do with going back to schools, you know, because the research shows that uh, the more at the higher levels of teacher efficacy will be the higher levels of performance and results you'll receive in your school. So um, I definitely think that they're on to something here and that, you know, if you're a school leader, the efficacy of your school is important and it's crucial. Absolutely. I, th- I think outside of um, safety, efficacy is the top priority. Um, I think if, and that's not just with the students, I'm sorry, that's not just with the staff, but with the students as well, they have to believe in the power that they have to make a difference in the outcomes. And so, yeah, I agree. You have to have that, particularly in different situations. But now if you're coming in to clean up, you have to take a um, a somewhat different approach, I think. But that's a totally different situation. Totally different. But I agree. Absolutely. You know, I believe in, in closing here, you know, it's definitely looking to, to think about this and think about things differently. And, you know, I go back to the five tenets of leadership. And for me to close this out, It has to do with modeling the way. It's inspiring a shared vision. It's being able to challenge the process. After you're able to challenge the process, then how do you enable others to act? And then how do you encourage the heart? So if you can take these five tenets of leadership and modeling the way is is making sure that you are um, walking it and talking it. You know, inspiring a shared vision is is leading from that shared vision and and everything goes back to that vision around it. But being okay with people challenging the process, we don't need yes men around us. You need people that are going to challenge it and work towards how do you improve. But then you got to give people the power and the ability to act on those improvements and give them the authority and give them the, the care and consideration, that individuality that you spoke about that could be transformational. And then how do you celebrate it? So how do we celebrate it? And so bringing those pieces together um, really speak to those uh, being that new type of leader and it doesn't have to be lonely at the top so going back to our title of lonely at the top it doesn't have to you I believe in one of our previous episodes you talked about how your people have loved and supported you through the passing of your grandmother but they did that because they want you to know that you're not alone but the reason why you're not alone is because they feel what you are able to do with them and for them on a daily basis and that your care and consideration for them, but also your confidence in decision-making, they believe in it and they trust it. And not only do they trust and believe in your decision-making, they also want to be a part of that decision-making. So therefore, you don't have to be alone at the top. They're there for you because you have this reciprocal relationship that you've created. So I think that's what good leadership is about. And again, it doesn't have to be lonely at the top. I agree. And it shouldn't be lonely at the top. And great leaders find themselves not being lonely at all. So, you know, I thank everybody for listening today. Um, Again, I'm Dr. Paul Miller and she is Erica Johnson Allen. 
And we are coming to you with Vulnerable Voices. This was episode five. Uh, we will, next Wednesday, we will have a new episode called Hustle and Flow. Uh, so Hustle and Flow, check us Our out. final next episode, Wednesday, Paul, that's it. Final episode, there we go, on YouTube and iTunes. Uh, check us out and um, support. And you know, we, we want to come back for season two. So we'll holler at y'all All later. Right. Peace.